Welcome into episode 48 of the Pegasus Podcast presented by Night Sports Now. I am Bailey Adams and I'm joined as always by Christian Simmons. You can find us on Twitter at BaileyJAdams22 at by CA Simmons and go ahead and throw us a follow at Night Sports Now while you're there. Christian, this is a weird feeling because like I know there was the bye week and there wasn't a game that week, but this is the first like non-game week in quite a while. I had a moment earlier where you were like, you messaged me the other day, you're like, we're doing the podcast tonight, right? And I was like, yeah. And I was like, oh, I got to get my predictions ready. And I was like, wait. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, I don't have. I don't have predictions. Maybe we should have come up with dumb things to do predictions on. Like we should have had to like predict the bowl game and the opponent and Dylan's <laughs> new home and just like laid it all out there. I have a bone to pick with UCF before we talk about anything else. Okay. Um, I went zero and three in predictions this week, which was a shocking development because one of my predictions was that UCF will have its best home crowd of the season, which was just completely me mailing it in to get a free win. And they they didn't. They UCF announced an attendance that was like 400 lower than the ECU game, which I feel like is impossible. Like, I feel like there is no way that is accurate. I don't remember the crowd of the ECU game, but it just looking around at the bounce house on Friday, it seemed like it was the fullest it had been all year. So I don't know. I, I don't know how they got. I mean, obviously, I guess. To be honest, I feel targeted. Oh, yeah. I feel like it was in response to my prediction because there is no way that crowd was small in East Carolina. I, just, I was about to say, like, I don't know how they got to that number, but, like, I mean, I'm assuming, like, as long as they're truly accurate, then they got to it because that's the number that was there. But I, I don't, don't but I think most attendance numbers are made up, right? Like, it, it's you, not, I mean, you know, yeah, it feels that way. I don't think anyone tells the truth. And you know they don't because for the uh, very few schools that play in, like, stadiums where you can request a turnstile count from the city, <clears throat> South Florida, um you can see how much they lie like usf yeah. claims they average like thirty-five thousand, and the city of tampa is like they get eighteen thousand people their game yeah or it was nineteen thousand. so Which, i don't know so everyone lies but i just i get annoyed by it i wish everyone well, would just tell the truth well since you've you've divulged your predictions um record for the last week we're gonna jump into our, our, US, our ucf south florida recap anyway i went one for three so i finished the regular season by getting one right um it looked like i was gonna get two right until the last three quarters happened <laughs> the last three Mikey, quarters you're like so there was Mikey, a thin moment where well, mikey had like 83 passing yards in the first half i think or something like not in the first half in the first quarter first quarter they looked good he had like 80 something passing yards and i was well on my way to him having over 250 um and then he finished with like 100 and i forget how many exactly but it was like just over 110 i think yeah he did <laughs> like not have a good game it um wasn't great. it was so first off ugh. I need to say, because a few, not so much after the game, but like during the game, they were like, I had more than a few Twitter replies. We were like, see, Christian, we told you. Duh, 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 duh. And all I'm going to say is scoreboard that UCF still won. I literally <laughs> said on the last podcast, I said, who knows? Maybe it'll randomly be close. UCF will still win. And that's exactly what happened. So I just, I don't, I don't care. I mean, yeah, did we were, that. we were very wrong in that it was going to be a blowout. I still think it could have been a blowout. The biggest surprise to me of the entire game was UCF's O-line kind of got manhandled the whole way. And that was really, really weird. I'm not sure what that's about. That, that was awkward. From what Gus said, it sounded like, I think someone asked him, like, did they do anything that surprised you? And he said basically that, like, they, he did expect them to blitz more. And then he did, so he just said, yeah, it was kind of just a blitz fest. And, like, I think that was what probably did them in the most because. And honestly, blitzing a true freshman quarterback is going to work. <laughs> like, yeah. That's a. Uh... Yeah, but I've, a part I mean, of we it, saw it with UCF. I mean, like with yeah. on, the, on the flip side, because I think Timmy McLean had his troubles too with the blitz. Yeah, and honestly, I, what that game showed to me is just how it made me respect Malzahn and this coaching staff more because this is one of those, like, listen, 2017, 2018, UCF, even 19 and 20, like, yeah, you play a team that's much 
less talented than you and they're going to throw weird stuff at you, but you're just going to out-talent them. And this was a game where it was like, UCF's not out-talenting anybody this year. They're just, they're too thin right now. And with injuries and transfer portal crap and everything else. And it like, it was a game that the coaching staff had to win. I mean, and the defense did their freaking job, you know, I mean that, that last, I, I, I'm being totally honest when I say there was no point where I was worried while I was at the game until Okay, that they say. caught that pass on the last drive to get. Right. I literally went from the whole game, not even like, I'm not joking, like not even 1% worried. Then he catches that pass. And I went, Oh my God, UCF's going to lose. Like it was yes. like, it suddenly clicked in my brain. And I was like, Oh no, why have I not been like it literally in that, but then the defense held up. And I also got to say, not just the defense held up. This is, this is why the 2020 home record shouldn't count. Cause that crowd got so freaking loud i mean that place yeah. was rocking like the windows were shaking in the press box and you could see it mess with usf i mean you could see it put them out of rhythm i mean timmy mcclain got rattled i'm like that is just another ucf's now had a perfect record at home in four of the last five seasons it's just team just can't win at the bounce house they just can't i mean that was and that's what the main reason i wasn't worried about this game and that ended up kind of being the difference maker yeah it was just it was a funny sequence because well, i don't know if i, I don't know if funny is the right word but obarski makes the field goal and makes it 17 13 um UCF's defense gets a stop and then I'm like okay well if they can just kill some of the clock here like I'll feel fine then they get I think they got into like a third and like kind of long and then what was it Johnny ran off like ripped off that long run yep. and I was like all right we're fine like we just we're need good. to kill a little more clock never and would then, have guessed UCF would not score off of that yeah. play <laughs> didn't score off the play didn't score off the drive ended up having to give the ball right back and even still it was like they have a true freshman quarterback long field to work with like I have no worries and then things just started happening. And then he throws the ball up into, I think it was triple coverage. It was triple. I watched replay. Somehow, triple coverage. Somehow the receiver comes down with it. And I'm like, all right, well, there's just no way. Like, as good as UCF's defense has been, like, it's hard to ask them to get a red zone stop with this little time left. And I knew, like, if, if, you, if USF scores here, there's not going to be any time left for UCF, especially with a true freshman quarterback that had been struggling all day. They're not getting anywhere. No, near. once they made that catch, I was just, I literally was in the press box. Like, okay, all that can, like the clock has to run out. That, like that's how, yeah. that's the only way that UCF's got, because you just can't, especially and once they're in the red zone, it's like, come on. But yeah, I mean, what it was, a, listen, <laughs> this is going to be an unpopular opinion. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know what you guys think, to be honest um, about anything. Um, that obviously we all would have preferred that UCF won by like 40 because it's USF and we want to kill them but like that was a really fun ending and i'm kind of glad that happened like that was a real like this rivalry is quickly re reaching its end <laughs> yeah. and that was a really cool end like that it was just so intense with hindsight exciting. i'll say yeah i agree one high but the, okay but we say in hindsight because it's like you remember 2017 obviously stakes were completely different but like that game yeah. was not fun to watch like that game was incredibly stressful and horrible yeah and in it hindsight, was fun to watch if you were a neutral yeah, exactly. And this was kind of like that to me where I'm just like, this is a season where UCF's eight and four. They weren't playing for anything. USF wasn't playing for anything. And it was still just so freaking intense, you know? I yeah. mean, like the USF wanted to win that game so bad. And UCF wanted to win it so bad. And the crowd wanted that win so freaking bad. And it was just a really cool ending. And I'm like, man, we get one more of those. We get one more next year. And, it, and yeah. it's done. And this rivalry is just gone. And that sucks. I don't like that. It does. Yeah. No, I mean, I think we saw on Friday why we've talked about it and a lot of people have talked about how they wish this, they want to see this rivalry continue. 
Um, I don't really know any and, UCF fan. Like some people are pulling the whole like, oh, Big 12, we're better, haha, which I agree with. Yeah. But but I have it like it seems like the vast majority of both fan bases want this rivalry to continue. Yeah, I've only seen like it's probably just a small minority of, of people on Twitter will say like, oh, like, no, like we don't we don't need this rivalry anymore. Like we're above it at this point. Let's just move on and find a new rival. And it's like, I mean. I don't think the, the, the idea of finding a new rival, like, it's no such thing. You no, can't like when, when, a you get into, when you get into the big 12, well, I'm in the civil conflict. Uh, when you get into the big 12, you're going to have like, you're, after you play these teams a couple of times, things are going to happen. You're going to like forge these in-conference rivalries, but as something like a, a geographical rival, like USF, like that's not something you can just like, Oh, let's go create a rivalry with Miami or Florida state. Like, also forging an in-conference rivalry, like still isn't really a thing. Like, I mean, the only time UCF's really done that, in recent history is with Cincinnati and it took years. And even then it's still not even anywhere close to as real of a rivalry as right. No, it's, it's never, it's not, it's not on the same level. It's just going to get to that thing where like things might happen where like controversies or like bad blood might, might become a thing. And that years down the line, you're like, Oh yeah, that's like one of our bigger conference rivals, but it's still a conference rival is not the same as like the level of USF is a rival to UCF. Let me ask you a question. Like, and I used to like, I used to talk about this with my dad a lot, actually, because you know, he, he's been a UCF fan for like a really long time. He went here back in the day and like, it's always been really cool. Like we used to talk about how much it sucks for like Miami, right. That every rivalry weekend, they're just playing some like random ACC team. And it yeah. means nothing. And I'm like, Oh, that's UCF now. Like who's UCF going to play on rivalry week now? Do you, think yeah, the Big, do you think the Big 12 will put Cincinnati that week? Like, that will end our season with Cincinnati. There were division rivals, so maybe, but I don't know. I don't think I want that. I, it, doesn't, it doesn't feel the same. Like, it's no, just it a, that, that feels, feels like, like a midseason game. feels like that's a big conference game, but it doesn't feel like a rivalry weekend game. And maybe it will, like, years down the line if it just becomes a thing. But, like, it's, hard, know, to, it's hard to manufacture those kinds of things. UCF and USF's administration just got to stop doing this like they just got to get together and figure this out i mean they got to get a series on the books i, I i'm just this is dumb it's just you know, it's, it's still really but it still dumb. wouldn't be for a long time right because i mean I, I understand like they haven't seemed that willing to do it either way but even if they were willing like usf doesn't have any openings do they Until, i mean they like, don't but i'm sure there are games they could drop or reschedule. i'm not saying it's yeah. gonna be easy but no one even yeah. wants to try like it's not even a discussion it's just like eh, that's true that sucks that's stupid but, but whatever we'll enjoy our game against uh, I don't even know Baylor on yeah. Thanksgiving weekend in 2023. Yeah, because I mean geographically, like none of, nothing's gonna really nothing's gonna fit the same way. I'm fully in favor of just playing the FCS game every rivalry weekend. <laughs> I hate that idea. <laughs> <laughs> Leave a tune up like... before before our annual Big 12 title appearance. Yeah. Well, I mean, South Florida has now officially blown a six to two series lead. And I know we talked a couple Yikes. weeks on the podcast, a couple couple of weeks ago on the podcast about how like the series lead thing is like a stupid thing to tout but now they can't even tout that like as stupid as it was like they can't even say like oh we lead the series anymore it really just demonstrates how far their program's fallen i mean they were up four no then they were up six to two and ucf just raced through them to get the lead five 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 straight five straight and it's going to probably end on six straight i mean i don't we'll see what's going on next year with ucf and you would hope so but i don't i just i don't think ucf and and I think like UCF fans, their thing all offseason was be like, look how close we are. It was a four point difference, and it's like, all right, whatever. Congrats. Yeah, I just don't see it being. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It's actually kind of weird because I don't really know what UCF's going to look like next year. I don't really know what USF's going to look like next year. There's a lot of question marks there. So who knows? Maybe USF will. It would be kind of poetic if it ended tied. I would hate it, but it would be yeah. kind of poetic. So hopefully, UCF. Well, it almost feels like too. Uh, I when this ended the first time, 
um wasn't it well i mean it ended 4-0 before you know it came back to the, together in the aac but then wasn't the last game like a really close like overtime game i think it was like the year after the year yeah, after sure like the, the 64 to 12 game they were like oh we're so above you and then it was like this close overtime game where ucf you know nearly should have won probably should have won yeah i see remember um, that i was pretty young then i think i was 12 for that game it would almost be um, fitting. Yeah, it almost would be fitting for next year's game to at least be close or for. Yeah, that was that game. That was yeah. that. Yeah, where USF was ranked. Ah, oh, what a time when USF was ranked. <laughs> um, not not in the final poll. They never do that. But oh you no, know, like middle of the season. How did they get ranked not. that year? I don't know. Ah, they had they had um beaten. They'd started the season ranked. They had a big win over UT Martin. Now this is this is a great like college football history. In two thousand eight, the week after USF played UCF, they had a top twenty five matchup. It was number 19 USF hosting number 13 Kansas. Kansas. It was a good game. USF. I thought you were gonna go three. like I thought you were gonna go like Rutgers or just one of those like no 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 top 25 matchup, Kansas and USF. How'd they go? USF ended up being eight and five. Kansas ended up being eight and five. So <laughs> solid all around. But yeah, Kansas. I just it, you know, I do want to say another thing about this um game real quick. I don't know how deep we want to get into that game, but like I, a lot of people in my replies, like more than the other game, were like, I've had enough of Mikey Keene. Like, get rid of him. And it's like, I'm just getting sick of having to, like, tell you people the same crap every single week. It's like, I first off, the revision, I've already gone this way in a previous podcast, so I'm sorry to repeat myself, but you guys keep saying this dumb stuff. The revisionist history with Mackenzie Milton is like unbelievable on Twitter. Yeah. Like everyone's like, well, Mackenzie Milton, you know, he was really good as a true freshman. No, he wasn't. He was horrible as a true freshman. Mikey Keene is twice the player Milton was as a true freshman. And my other favorite thing is when people are like, yeah, I got a bench Keene. For who? Yeah. For who? For for Gatewood? For for, for Quadri, who's a wide receiver now? Like Quadri, who wasn't even dressed out? Didn't even dress out? Like, come on, guys. And it's just, it's so frustrating. I know people just love to live in the moment, I guess, in sports, but it's like, you. this is how it goes with a true freshman. They go up and down. They have good games. They have bad games. Mikey's had some really solid moments. He's had some really solid games. And honestly, the biggest problem with USF was the O-line stuff. He was running for his life most of the night. And that was very frustrating to see. But I'm just, I'm kind of done with this game by game. Get rid of Mikey. We love my, it's like, it's like, you guys just got to stop. Like, I, and, something... and if it's your, sorry, I got to say one more thing. If it's your yeah. opinion that you just don't like Mikey, like you're wrong, but congrats on that. But if it's your opinion because well Milton was better, then you're just wrong. Like you're just flat out incorrect. We talked, yeah. I mean, we talked about it last week and have talked about it multiple weeks. Really, it's just that we've seen the same up and down roller coaster kind of true freshman season with Mikey that we saw with Mil- with Milton. And I'm tired of reminding people that Milton got booed off the field at the Cure Bowl to end his freshman season. Fans were chanting Justin Holman's name. Yeah. To get him in the game, like I just and the other thing is, let's not forget. Dylan Gabriel struggled as a true freshman. He yeah. definitely had an unusually good true freshman season. He was really solid true freshman year. Part of that was he had a really good team around him. And, yeah. you know, he still went up and down. I mean, he would just have these games, especially on the road, where he was just completely lifeless and couldn't do anything for the team. I mean, yeah. he lost it. He flat out lost them the Cincinnati game, like single-handedly. So I don't – it's like I just – this whole notion that Mikey's supposed to be amazing, I'm just like – and, and you know what, when next year, when Castellanos comes in, I'm really worried about that one because I still <laughs> feel like Castellanos is probably going to end up as the starter, which sucks because I really like Mikey. I don't know that. Maybe we'll be surprised. Yeah. But Castellanos is like, is it fair to say that like he is, I don't remember the last time an incoming quarterback had this much hype for UCF. No. I mean, Dylan had some. Dylan, Dylan had, had some, some, but not like this. 
Blake no, did yeah, Bortles I... didn't have any. Right. Um, Milton really didn't have much. No one really knew who he was until he got on the field. I don't know. Yeah, but, it wasn't. I don't. I don't think it was. Yeah, I mean, both Milton and and Gabriel. Milton had a little bit. Gabriel had more, and but neither of them me- measured up to what Castellanos has right now. And I think part of that is the combination of oh, it's Gus's first like quarterback, and he's like really like made himself at home in the UCF Twitter mafia. Like he's interacting yeah. with fans a lot. And you know, if he gets the job, it's gonna be the same thing, guys, because he's gonna be a true freshman. It's gonna be the same thing. And are you guys gonna pull this again? Where like I cannot wait, Bailey. I cannot wait. Until like game four of next season, when I see the we want Mikey, like put in Mikey tweets because Castellanos is having a bad game. And I know it's going to happen. I just freaking know it. I can. I can wait for that, actually. I just, (laughs) you know, it's going to happen because it's like people just don't get it. Like it's like, I don't like, there is no, like, unless you're a five star quarterback, there is no such thing as coming in and being amazing day one. Not a real thing. It's just that they, there's just no patience. There's no, there's no room for patience in college football. And I mean, you see it, you see it everywhere. And it, it just has become more of a thing at UCF recently. But one more thing I want to say about the USF game, because it's, it's been a problem I've had all season and it's not a Mikey thing. It's just, it's more of a UCF receivers thing. And it's that whenever good. Mikey has to, whenever Mikey has to scramble or roll out or do anything, there's no chance the play is being made. Like the receivers don't break out of their routes. Like I'm just like, oh, I'm covered. I'm sorry, I'm covered. Like throw the ball to the sideline. And I just I don't know what that's about. And I don't know if that's like a yeah, it's just been which is which it it really is weird, honestly, because UCF's like been prided themselves on having really good receivers for years now. I mean, that's been a huge that's honestly, you can make a case that's been the core of the teams I did through the hype layer and some of the frost era. And they just don't have much there this year. I mean, Jalen's obviously really good. O'Keefe is really good, but like has these just individual moments that he's erratic. That's the best word for it. And the thing that you point out is the biggest thing. It's you're right. They don't break out. It's like the play. And I don't know if that's a coaching thing or what, but it's like the play that was drawn up is there or it's not. And that is it. I mean, that's it. There's no, there's no room for improvisation or anything. And I don't, I don't know if it's a little bit of a factor of also having a true freshman quarterback. I don't I mean, that I don't could know be many, part of it. I mean, I don't know how, I don't know how much Mikey's reading the field, but uh, it's just, you know, it's, it's definitely been like a really weird and kind of worrying thing going forward too, because I don't know if like help is necessarily like on the way. I mean, UCF's got Quan Lee coming in as a four-star, but like, you know, like I just, yeah. and the other thing to look at is we've got Titus Mokia true freshman who he's looked good at times he's a true freshman same thing yeah that's the other thing is i think part of being like quarterback you're the only player at your position on the field to noses and where no one is upset that titus goes up and down that's not like an right. issue. <laughs> but he he came here for dylan and i don't know if he's still going to be here next year so it, it's a worrying i assume it's something that you going to address in the transfer portal but it's, it's a worrying yeah. position you'd love to get some transfer you'd love to have jalen back which i, mean, I don't know if that's think, gonna happen don't think that's gonna like happen. why not I, I just don't get a transfer or you think he's I, trying to go to the NFL. I think he's going to go to the NFL. We'll see. Um, I don't know anything there. It's just like, yeah, well, I mean, to, I don't know, just I, to I, have I a, see. to have the kind of injury plagued season that he had, I don't think he did anything to really boost his stock in the NFL. So, I mean, yeah, I but we, if, I, we see this over and over with guys where it's true. Like, we saw it with Dredrick Snelson. So saw Snelson, you saw it last year with a few different guys. I mean, it, yeah, it's kind of the way it goes, you know, that they're ready to go. And they, yeah. when, once you made up your mind that you're going pro and you're done being a college student, it's kind of hard to, reorient yourself to all right i'm gonna go back to being a college kid so we'll see what they do but yeah i I, and honestly this is where it helps castellanos because i mean having a quarterback that 
can make plays on his own, which Mikey's not really there yet. And Castellanos presumably should come in being a little better at that since he's a yeah. true dual threat might help in those situations. But Mikey yeah, should also I mean, be a lot better. He should also be a lot better next year. So who knows? We'll get, we'll get back to this part of the conversation around UCS quarterbacks um, in topic three. Right now, we'll talk a little bit more about an outgoing UCF player, which is Dylan Gabriel. If you haven't listened to our Dylan Gabriel is leaving emergency podcast from Saturday, go and do that. Um, we had some things to say, mostly just about our feelings. We're going to write on the spot. Um, not a ton has really like surfaced since. Like, we don't have too much more to talk well, about here. But technically, a lot has. Um, if you are a member of, if you have a yeah, rival so- subscription, a lot Follow has Brandon happened, not a lot that we can talk about has happened. Well, I'm going to talk about it. Um, okay. I'm not going to like, it's behind it. I, I don't know. Like, why? Well, it's like Brandon Helwig posts stuff in the dungeon. I typically don't say it on the podcast because it's behind a paywall. And I just feel like right. it's disrespectful. But uh, if you don't have a rival subscription, you should get one. Because Brandon Helwig, in a really good piece, broke down exactly what happened with Dylan Gabriel. Uh, none of it was a surprise to us. <laughs> like, it's it was mostly just... It's really, I know that like a lot of fans have kind of been like, well, what's all this stuff that people are referring to? Like we see people kind of hint at stuff and I felt kind of bad because I felt like we were sort of doing that on the podcast last week. And I don't like being the person who's yeah. kind of like, Ooh, like, Oh, you, if only well, you knew, know. like I, yeah. that's B, I hate when people do that, but uh, Brandon basically put it all in one place. Everything you need to know. So if you don't have a rival subscription, uh, I don't know, find someone who does. <laughs> but it, it, <laughs> so I'm not going to break down really what he said there, but really everything we said on the last week's podcast was more or less affirmed in that article. So yeah. That, that's pretty much where we're at so yeah from so at least there's a place now where fans can go and see exactly what happened you know right so right and also since our last podcast dylan gabriel's dad talked to the orlando sentinel yeah he did um, i was hoping that would be out by when we recorded our last podcast yeah and it came out like what <laughs> like <laughs> really i was so annoyed, literally like less than an hour after yeah hour. less than an hour after we finished recording um you know it didn't say like anything too crazy like or like out of the realm of like what we kind of just expected um i mean one of the main points is just that dylan wants to explore opportunities with a program that's better suited for him so clearly a shot just, at the offense yeah um, just which is funny because like we talked about it all offseason like oh how how's dylan gonna fit and you know i guess the player is gonna know better than like us but during like the early part of the season save for the louisville game i guess because it was a big game and he doesn't show up in big games um <laughs> but in the boise state game like i thought he looked really really good in that offense and he was you know moving, good against moving the around too yeah he did. um but he was moving around well i know and... no no no. i know it's a bad opponent but he looked good in that style of offense that's true comfortable yeah. in. i mean he broke out for that like 40 yard run i mean it, you know i i think that it, i think that for dylan look we all knew he wasn't the prototypical quarterback for gus's offense but the thing that people don't understand is you say that this year ucf has not run a typical miles on offense they right. catered the offense to dylan and then to mikey this is not what Gus likes to do. And yeah. it's just been the, I, so that's, what's really frustrating is Gus really did try to mold things around Dylan and Dylan still was like, ah. and, and frankly, what it comes down to is I think if you're Dylan Gabriel, your stats are going to pop less when you're not chuck, literally chucking the ball downfield at least a few times every drive. Yeah. And I also think if you're Dylan, like your, your strength is, is the deep ball. I mean, that's the thing he's best at. He throws the most accurate deep ball, like ever, like probably maybe in the country, to be honest. And in Heupel's offense, that was basically the only thing you were asked to do. So it was, yeah. he loved it. You know, it was easy. It was easy. It wasn't difficult. It didn't require a lot of like, it didn't require a lot of thinking. I mean, so right. I'm sure he just wants to get back to something like that, which is why it looks like he's rushing back to Levy, who's a disciple of that type of offense, or maybe even Heupel, who obviously is the guy there. So that's, 
you know, more power yeah. to you if that's what you want to do. You know, a couple other things that um, Dylan's dad had to say. He said, <laughs> it says um, Jason Beatty wrote this. It says, according to Garrett, his son's decision to transfer might have come as a shock, but it was something he considered for quite some time. Don't huh. think it really came as a shock to anyone. I don't. I also Sorry. don't think it's something he considered for quite some time. Sorry, Mr. He made Gabriel. Up about his mind on in September and has just been waiting yeah. for the chance. BD also so writes, Gabriel worked tirelessly to return, but he also used his time away from the field to evaluate his future with the Knights. I wonder which of those things he did more during his time <laughs> off. Did he work tirelessly to return or did he think more about where he's going to go next? Which I like, our time called him out for being healthy and refusing to <laughs> return. So I love it. He's like, ah, you worked tirelessly. It's like, also, yeah. I'm pretty sure that was a Matt Rochelle article. Oh, was it? Yeah. Um, you're just so right. I'm completely yeah, wrong. Okay. So Jason Beatty didn't say any of that guy's man, Michelle. We'll get on to a Jason Beatty um, article in a second. I got mine mixed up. Yeah. I was expecting that to be way worse. Um, I was surprised it was as tame as it was. So. Yeah. But yeah, good yeah. luck to Dylan in his next stop. As Mike Bianchi said, we should all wish to him. So best <laughs> of luck to you, Dylan. I didn't want to even talk about that article. <laughs> I didn't want to talk about it. The uh, the one thing I don't know if you have much else to talk about um, with I with really Dylan. don't. I really don't. The only one, the only thing I really wanted to rehash, and I don't even know why I'm rehashing. It's just something that's still bothering me is that Dylan Gabriel was a captain, and just the idea, the idea that like during the last week when they asked Gus about him, he was like, "Oh yeah, he's sick," and then we just see him like running around with Oakley and just doing all this stuff and goofing off on the sidelines. Obviously, he wasn't sick. So did what he just lied to his coach as a captain. He lied to his coach and was like, "Oh yeah, I don't." Feel I don't good. know if that was like Dylan lie or if that was a like Gus lie. I feel like Gus maybe just didn't want to talk about it. Maybe I. I mean, I guess I don't. It's just real, it, uh, real, real, real. Um, season one Jamie Tart vibes from uh, yeah. Dylan and that. Uh, and then the uh, there was the video that I didn't even see it on Friday, but people were pointing it out, especially on Saturday, where it was like uh ucf video posted like a video of the captains coming out of the tunnel, and there's Dylan like waiting until the last possible second to put his jersey on. That was really bad. That was really, just, really bad. It got, I mean, um, uh, I don't So my take on all this now at this point is just like, he's gone, you know? All right. Like, yeah, good. Good luck, man. I, I just... See ya. Have fun. Yeah, I don't... I know the one thing I will say about the captain thing is, you know, a lot of the current players did wish him well on social media and stuff. So I don't know if it's yeah. something that it's like, oh, you know, he really abused being a captain. And well, I don't like, you know, I don't... I, I think, I don't know. I, a lot I of players wish him luck. I had this thought earlier. Was was the captain voting? Was that a, a player thing, or was that the coaches getting together and deciding? I'm pretty I sure like the players voted on it. Okay, I would say it's normally a players thing, but I yeah, I feel like if it would have been, it just was me me thinking like if that wasn't a players thing and that was more of a coaches thing it was probably just another gus like hey i have to stroke no no it was a player's thing because i remember i remember there being a lot of like one of the storylines was how interesting that two different transfers came in and that's true a few months had been voted captain so yeah it was a voted thing like i said i don't think the locker room hated dylan i don't think it was i don't think it was what was the name of that stupid what's that dumb movie the nfl draft movie I can oh, remember the quarterback's Bo Callahan. I can remember Bo the quarterback's Callahan. name, but I can't remember the name of the That's movie. a great movie. It's not a Whereas, great movie. It's just a fun movie. It's a horrible movie. It, it, no, it's, it's not like a good movie. It's just a fun movie. I love it. sports defend it forever. Ever come out. You, no, it's a horrible movie. No, no one should watch it. It's fun. If you're listening to this, you haven't watched it. It's a movie where like, who's the main guy? It's a, it's a Kevin Costner. Yeah, Kevin Costner. Kevin Costner plays the general manager of the Cleveland Browns on, on draft day. And they're trying to figure out if there's, it's like, I don't remember what school he was, but it's like Bo Callahan is like the Wisconsin. best quarterback. Wisconsin, because known for their superstar quarterback. Yeah. Like the best quarterback and like Heisman winner, the clear number one choice. But they find out that none of his teammates came to his birthday party. 
Yeah. And but that's character the entire problems. plot of the movie. Character that, problems. And they end up not drafting like the most prolific quarterback in college football history because his teammates weren't at his birthday party. So, and they portray this as if it was some win for the Browns. No, it was, it was huge. It was massive. Uh, it, it just, it, 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 but he ended up, he ends up taking like Chadwick Boseman with the number one pick. And it's like, Oh, it's such a stupid movie. Takes but, a like, linebacker with his number one pick. <laughs> he was a linebacker. But, yeah. But then he did yeah. some stupid thing where then he traded with Seattle for like a punter or something. And it was like, Oh, we've addressed our special teams. Need. Stupidest movie I've ever seen. It, it, as far as it's, sports movies go, it is bottom of the barrel, but I don't no, think the plot, this is a boat, The plot is know. super dumb, but I enjoy it. I still it's enjoy a, the movie. There's another joke. And also, like, Kevin Costner, like, knocked up his, like, his assistant or something, which is, like, this weird secondary plot throughout the movie. Yeah. And it's also this Kevin Costner's character where, does, not Kevin Costner. Oh, yeah, but. Kevin Costner's character. And it's this weird, which only in a movie is the world where the Cleveland Browns current head coach was hired away from the Dallas Cowboys where he won a <laughs> Super Bowl. That's yeah. like... Oh my God. But anyway, that's all to say, I don't think Dylan Gabriel was a Bo Callahan situation. I don't think that it's like his teammates didn't like him or anything. I think it was just time. Quadri, Quadri did comment on his transfer announcement. Sheesh. So <laughs> Someone replied know. with a sad face. Was it Jeremiah Jean-Baptiste? Yeah, he said something about, he said something like, dang, bro, or something like that. He was just like, with dang, like a, with the sad face. Yeah. It was like, like this, a, you know, it was the sort of sad face. It wasn't the crooked the sad, sad face. One. Yeah. yeah like he felt face. like he was being let down. So I don't know. Maybe there could have been some players in the locker room that didn't like him. We, we don't. I'm sure there were, but I think more yeah. than anything, it's probably just a sense of like, I don't, there's a middle ground that I'm trying to get fans to understand this between he is the leader of the locker room and we don't even speak to him. Like, I think he was probably just another guy in the locker room. I don't think he was a leader, you know? Yeah. I, I don't think they like, it's not like they wouldn't have a conversation with him or they probably hung out with him, liked hanging out with him, but it wasn't yeah. like, you know, the, it wasn't like he was, oh my God, you know, what will we do without this man who rallies us for every game? Right. And what's, what's funny too is like Mikey's posted pictures like since Saturday, like, oh, like with Dylan and with the quarterbacks and like for someone like we, I, I've been, I was bothered how it didn't seem like Dylan really did much to help Mikey throughout the season, but it yeah. seems like they have a fine relationship and like, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's not like everyone. Yeah. Mikey him, was but, like, I'll never forget you yeah. or something. <laughs> that sounds so dramatic. I don't know if that's what it was. <laughs> no, my favorite. I gotta. I gotta. We gotta bring up Quadri one more time because Quadri had his. I'm, I'm genuinely sad Quadri's done. I love Quadri. And, uh, I'll, I'll forever love Quadri Jones. I'm legitimately upset they never got him on the field as a wide receiver. But yeah, whatever. But he tweeted like I forget exactly how he phrased it, but it was like his goodbye tweet to Night Nation. He was like, "I love you, Night Nation. You all will be missed." Oh and yeah. He, he phrased it like we were all dying or something. Like <laughs> like like Night Nation's going away. Like it, it felt dying. like kind of threatening almost. Like I was like, "Oh, okay. yeah, you'll be missed." Like you will be missed. missed. Like yeah, I know, but oh, I'm gonna miss Quadri. Yeah, they should, they better let him dress out for the bowl. One of the most efficient quarterbacks in UCF history. The most what? Efficient. Oh, I heard deficient. Oh, and no, that really efficient. changed. I mean, I was like, yeah, what? No, yeah, efficient. no. He has, he has the best completion rate like ever for a UCF yeah. quarterback. Well, I don't know. Uh, Ryan O'Keefe. Well, Ryan O'Keefe. Quadri has more yards, though. So that's true. That's true. All right. Let's move on to the future of UCS quarterback room and let's talk Ryan more O'Keefe. about Ryan O'Keefe. <laughs> Dang, we both went the same way. <laughs> we both went the same way. Um, but this right here is where I'm going to bring up a Jason Beattie article um, because he wrote for the Orlando Sentinel. Um, Based talking about UCF's options for 2022 um, and says it starts with Thomas Castellanos, uh, who's going to who is going to enroll in January, which like, we kind of speculated that on the last podcast. We're like, we're sure he's going to. I got I got I'm going to call then, you out for a second here. because You kept being like, well, I have to check if he's going to roll. Is there such a thing as a quarterback not enrolling early at a school? I mean, they yeah. all do. Who? I don't think they all do. I mean, I don't I'm have a specific sure they example, literally but all I don't do. think all of them do. I've seen plenty of times where freshmen finish like they have to finish up school. 
not I don't think every I don't think every high schooler can finish high school in December. Okay, but if you're a quarterback who's three or four stars and this has been your destiny since you were like a like like six, yeah. your setups that you're gonna get enrolled. Like yeah. I just I don't know. I don't hear a lot about quarterbacks showing up in summer or fall. You know, like yeah, I guess so. But anyway, but so. anyways, so yeah, he will be enrolling in January, and so it's obviously there's there's him and there's Mikey, um, and then there's obviously with with the transfer portal being the way it is now, it's basically free agency, and UCF could look to the transfer portal for. Um, another quarterback to I'm assuming it's just gonna we're gonna head into 2022 with an open competition it doesn't feel like it's like oh it's Mikey's job to lose or no it feels like the way things are trending is it'll be Tommy Mikey whatever transfer they get yeah um maybe even Bo Nix apparently yeah that happened right before we got on the podcast Bo Nix is considering transferring from Auburn which like I did there aren't words for how much I don't want Bo Nix to be UCF's quarterback I also just I I, I absolutely like I'm sure Gus would try to get him but I don't think it Gus feels would start him does that make sense like i feel like you got to get the you got to have a veteran quarterback like you can't really you can't go into a season with this little with the quarterback situation as it is now with a true freshman a true sophomore you just can't yeah you need uh and and joey you know um but yeah so i i mean they'll get someone but like i I feel like it could be end up being a wimbush type thing where like yeah maybe he gets the start for like the first or second game and then tommy slash mikey takes over who knows yeah the the article that that BD wrote um, mentioned some options and who's already in the portal. So now we know that Bo Nix is, he's considering the portal. He's not, he hasn't, entered, he's not right? in the portal. He's not in the portal. Yeah. He's considering, he's considering, his, considering his options for the future, which could include the portal. Um, well, Spencer Rattler entered the portal today from Oklahoma. Which Spen- I don't think that's going to yeah. happen because Spencer Rattler is just all the same problems you have Dylan Gabriel. Exactly. Yeah. I've seen be, people like yeah. try to link him for, for a while now, but it just would not make sense um bd lists lsu quarterback miles brennan um that make you happy i like miles brennan i really do but i don't think he's not a gus quarterback I, I Mikey. <laughs> that's fair that's fair that's why i feel like this is eventually going to end with with yeah. either it could maybe he's going to find a quarterback that's really a gus quarterback in the portal or it's really going to be um tommy just right away but um chubba purdy from florida state who's got a lot of eligibility remaining he's got three or four years left I forgot about um, him. He's not going to UCF. I wouldn't think so. Yeah. Um, there's Baylor transfer quarterback Jacob Zeno. I don't know anything about him. Just throw a name he down a, here. Is Baylor? Okay. I don't know. I, I, I Never mind. I was going to say something, but I'm not sure if I'm right, so I'm not going to say it. I just thought he was someone, but I'm not sure who was. Okay. So those are the, those are the three, actually, that, that BD named of who's already in the portal. Um, going to be a ton more, I'm sure. There's going to be so many more the way, in the portal. The way things so. are going by whatever, like, one of the Florida quarterbacks is probably going to end up in the portal, whether it's Emory one of them is going to be. We don't know Ryan which Richardson. one Billy Napier is going to end up picking, but they're not both going to stay. So, and I'm sure either of those would be a target for UCF. I mean, in-state guy. There's um, um, there's a Tennessee quarterback who entered the trans the transfer portal too, Harrison Bailey. Yeah, there's there's a ton of them, and there's only going to be more as as bowl season unfolds, and maybe even as the spring unfolds. I would imagine UCF would probably want to lock one down. So I'm just going to say spring. a thing right now because it uh, pertains to this conversation. Uh, okay. Stephen Leonard on Twitter just tweeted, uh, got word that UCF is involved with a high-profile transfer target from a credible source would be a huge boom. I oh, – that's such a tease. I know, but he, he actually knows stuff, so. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's such a tease. Like, I don't want to <laughs> so know. I have, I to take that, I have to take that seriously. So, yeah. uh, wow, it's going to suck when we have this whole conversation about tomorrow, everyone freaking – there's yeah. some transfer, but whatever. 
either way, good. I'm glad UCF is going to work in the portal. They need to. I mean, it's college football yeah. free agency. And I think UCF is uniquely situated situated to take advantage of that, as we talked about on previous podcasts. Being Gus has talked about it. Lots of guys wanting to come home. Gus being Gus and T will both being just fantastic recruiters. So I think there's gonna be a lot. I, it's gonna be we're used to the offseason being just boring and nothing. And I don't think that's the case anymore. I think the offseason is gonna be very interesting. Yeah. And I'm I'm looking forward to it because yeah, it's it's such a long, like what, eight, eight or nine. What is it? It's like nine months. months it? Yeah, it's like eight or nine months of just usually it's just we get to spring and there's a little bit in the spring, and then it's just boring for a long time. But the killer stretch is like May through July. There's just yeah. nothing, like not yeah. a shred of anything. The end of spring ball until like media days start up a little bit. Yeah, like pretty it's, much. it's a long stretch, but yeah, it should be a lot yeah. more interesting. And like I, was I just want to say, say, I'm sure UCF will get a quarterback. Like I, yeah. I can't imagine, I don't know what caliber it'll be, but I can't imagine they would not get a quarterback. And I'm very, I feel, we feel very confident that it's going to happen before spring ball. Cause I don't think you're going to want to wait and get a transfer quarterback who, I don't think a transfer quarterback is going to want to come like after spring and be like, Unless they, they feel that confident themselves to win the job over the summer or fall camp. But they're like, getting a quarterback oh, probably by the end of the month. Yeah. It or, feels or like it the, end of, the end of, I mean, December. It's still yeah. November right now, but you know what I mean? It is still November, isn't it? Yeah. Um, one more day, I think. <laughs> but yeah, no, it would feel like it would be a lot more likely. And then I would say nearly certain that it'll be um, Castellanos, Mikey, and a transfer battling out in the spring and into the summer and fall. But and who I, do you if, root for in that situation? the best quarterback that's the boring right? answer but i'm just yeah. saying whoever's the best one because like i personally like mikey a lot and i also like tommy already um i don't know if i like the transfer quarterback because we don't know who it is we'll but... know who it is if it's bo yeah. nix we definitely don't um yeah. if it's spencer rattler we definitely don't maybe we're not gonna like the transfer yeah no I feel like the transfer is gonna be third on my list. i'm not gonna want the transfer to win the job unless it's just like Unless Caleb Williams is like, I'm lost without Lincoln Riley and I must come to Orlando, Florida, (laughs) in which case I'm a huge fan. But um, no, I am torn because I mean, this podcast is literally like the Mikey Keen fan club and has been since December. We're coming up on a year. Like we're a few weeks away from like a year of us publicly being in love with Mikey Keen. And, uh, (laughs) and, but I also really like Tommy. He seems like the right personality for UCF. He seems like the right fit for Gus's system. So I'm like, wow, I don't like that. One of you is probably not going to be here in 2023. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the things we keep talking about too, is like whoever it is next year, I would imagine like, that's why I feel like it's going to be Tommy. Cause it feels like UCF will be, will position itself to go into the big 12 with Tommy as the quarterback. And this is where I might disagree with from fans since UCF was coming off two years that didn't meet the standard in a row, but like I am fully ready and willing and would hope UCF would sacrifice 2022 to have a quarterback ready for 2023. Like, yeah. I don't like, I don't like, that's why I don't like the whole idea of just renting a transfer quarterback who has a year of eligibility and comes and goes, you know? Cause like, right. yeah, it'll make next year better. And then it's going to make the big 12 year that much harder. So I don't know. I, if, I'd, I'd rather have 2023 being a really experienced Mike or Tommy. So much can happen obviously in the off seasons we're talking about, but like, it looks like going into next season, the AAC should be more like wide open. So like, I don't think you're necessarily just saying, Oh, well, this is a lost year if we're starting a new quarterback. You know, I think, well, depending on how thing. quickly he catches on, like you could still find yourself in a position to, to you know, you, and we talked about how UCF has a favorable schedule next year. I was about so, to say I mean, UCF has like their on paper. We'll see how the teams end up being like what should be their easy schedule of the AAC era. I yeah. mean, it really should be or the most favorable. I won't say the easy, say the most yeah. favorable because they still play a lot of good teams, but they get the good teams at home. They only leave the state literally three times the whole year. I mean, so then I guess there's two ways to look at it. Say that you, because I'm assuming whatever transfer comes in, 
will be on the day he gets to campus, the best quarterback, you know, and then it just yeah. kind of becomes a debate of how much of a difference there is there. If you want to go with potential versus talent. So do you look at 2022 as we've got this incredibly favorable schedule that happened to line up this way, we need to cash in on this and play the transfer to be the best we can be. Or do you look at it as this gives us leeway to roll with a young guy who's going to make some mistakes? Yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how it unfolds. If I, so if I were to ask you right now, two questions, one, who's going to start week one next year? Is it going to be Tommy? Is it going to be Mikey? Or is it going to be the transfer? And then who's going to start the finale next year? You know, like not taking any injuries into account. Would you have the same answer? Or would you say mm, my finale you... answer, no matter what is Tommy? Yeah. That's how um, I kind of feel the same way, which sucks for Mikey. And cause I kind of wish it would be Mikey, but whatever. Like I said, I'm kind of torn there. My who starts it. My answer just varies on who the transfer they get is, you know, yeah. like if they get a really good transfer, then I'll say the transfer. If they get just kind of like they needed to fill a slot, you know, they need to get a warm body in that room. And they ended up with like the Baylor one who I've never heard of. Then I'm, I'm yeah. going to say Tommy both ways. So. And listen, there is a real chance that we all look like idiots and Mikey just takes the leap like Milton did and blows us away next year. There, yeah. That's a legitimate chance. He's got a lot of freaking talent. Um, so we'll see. We'll, we'll see. It's hard to yeah, see. Yeah, my, my like gut answer would be the transfer like starts early on in the season and it eventually gives way. Like we've seen it multiple times now. We saw it with yeah. um, in 2016 with Holman starting the season and it ended up being Milton by like week three. And then by week two in 2019, it was Gabriel after they started with Wimbush. So I, I think we could we saw see it in 2014 with Holman and DeNovo. We saw it yeah. with uh, Blake and Godfrey before that. I mean, it's kind of the it's like the, the pattern. So it's gonna, it has to happen again. So, I mean. yeah, well, that's nice. We're on the same page on this. Guys, last time we said something like this, it was about Dylan transferring. You didn't believe us. So believe us now. Um, Tommy Castellanos, your 2022 starter. It's funny. It's funny to think, though, that like that tweet you just brought up, like, really within the next like day or two it could be like this whole conversation could just be completely different that's what's fun about podcasting though it's the excitement of never knowing it's it's no matter when we record because we're recording this on a monday like if we were recording this on wednesday then the news would drop on thursday or something like it's you can never pick the right time to record we're this entire podcast we're we're talking about stuff that could get settled in days because we're about to talk talk about bowls now and that could be out whenever so it's just true this podcast might have like a one-day shelf life we'll just have to see yeah it's happened before and it won't, it'll happen again. So we'll jump into bowl projections um, and, and talk about some of these um, sports illustrated has UCF the independence bowl against Utah state. Isn't that in Louisiana? It is a uh, Shreveport, I think. So you're gonna have a Florida team and a Utah team playing Louisiana. <laughs> Shreveport, um, Louisiana. Is Shreveport yeah. a real place? People live it there. It is. I, apparently I've never been, I've never oh, raced. I don't want to go place. to Shreveport. Would you go? Yeah, I don't want to. Interesting. So as, as we're going through all these, I want to ask, there's not like a, it's not a huge, I know the answer is the same. I'll go there anywhere except Hawaii and Memphis. So really, so you're going to go, so you're going to go to any bowl game. Yeah. Well, now I'm scared. Like, what are you about to throw at me? But I'm planning. No, I'm not. No, I mean, there's really nothing else. Um, So the next one is one that we've seen on here multiple times. It's the Gasparilla Bowl against Florida. I will be, I would be there as the guy living in Tampa. If you could be at the Gasparilla Bowl. That's going to be a packed one, but yeah, I would imagine. Obviously. Yeah. Yeah. That's a no brainer um let's just skip a couple for now because that's t- so 247 has um has them in the Gasparilla Bowl against Florida USA Today has them in the Gasparilla Bowl against Florida and Brett McMurphy has them in the Gasparilla Bowl against Florida and you know that Mark, means it's you know that means it's not going to happen yeah <laughs> Mark Schlebach from ESPN has them in the Gasparilla Bowl against Florida so there's a there's a large consensus that 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 may happen but which means it's not happening 
yeah it seems like that that, that, that that's totally what that means tends to be a thing um i hope i'm wrong I, I, i've talked about why i really want that to happen but we'll see i'm torn on whether i want it to happen or not we're not going to talk really about know. this until we know i'm not i'm not going to like go yeah. on a rant about why it matters for a bowl that's probably not going to happen <laughs> yeah um so athlon has ucf in the fenway bowl against boston college I, i'm so down for that you i'd be really boston? down for that I'd, go, I'd love to go to boston i think that's a really beatable team yeah i'm down for that cbs sports has them in the birmingham bowl against lsu um Did you go to birmingham i ugh, yeah i'd go i've been there before i'd go again no i haven't i've been to birmingham i think i've been to Mo- mobile there's a lot of little fake towns in alabama um <laughs> I, yeah i know i'd go to it i'm just trying to decide if i want if i want them to get that oh. i feel like I, uh, is coach o gonna coach the bowl no he's not oh okay i'm down it's um ooh, I'm i forget it. if it's the o-line coach it's one i think it's one of the line coaches is gonna be the interim and i think from what i read i think he's the he's gonna be the first black uh coach to be the head coach of an lsu football game so well that's be pretty cool sad that it's taking it is sad long. but um, i mean it'll be pretty cool it's 2021 um, god louisiana but, man what a state that's racism um well specifically um, like louisiana Mississippi pretty bad but uh anyway yeah um no if um, coach O's not coaching that game i'm down for that. yeah I, I feel like they're beatable i know they just beat texas a&m but they've just been so weird they've been up so up and down but year. once coach O is gone like they're not gonna that team does not care about that bowl. i promise you they don't care about that bowl. No. they just and they sent their coach out with a win their season for all intents and purposes is over they're, they're whoever, not gonna care about some meaningless bowl game. whoever is headed to the nfl they'll set out the birmingham bowl against UCF. oh yeah like oh yeah it's not gonna be yeah no it's not gonna be like big bad lsu it's going to be yeah it would be it'd be interesting and then the final one um is the least interesting one the one that i want to happen the least it's the cure uh, the athletic has them in the cure bowl against app state still so I'd, one one outlet had to stick to that i guess as a prediction we were so close to getting rid of that project. um a that is not going to happen it, it's not i don't know why the athletic thinks that's on, on the table um but i also just don't want it to happen <laughs> but i really don't think it will be... ucf wouldn't win so that would be unfortunate <laughs> that's unless, unless fans just showed the hell up like unless ucf showed up and packed that stadium which i don't think they would well no, that's, that's the thing is it's because it's in it's in the uh exploria stadium now right which is a twenty thousand seat stadium like you would th- you would love to think that like ucf could fill it it's twenty thousand. Oh, I forgot it's in freaking yeah. city. I was so thinking it was in, in the Citrus Bowl. Yeah, they could fill it. I don't think they think. would, though. I don't know. I'm not It'd be sure. so sad if they didn't because it's such a small, like, relatively, it's such a small stadium. I'm really curious what attendance would be for that game. Yeah. I'm really curious because I'm not sure how much UCF fans, like, care about the bowl this year. I'm also curious. A good team. In a lot of cases, I'm curious about the Gasparilla Bowl because, like, even if – obviously, if it's Florida, it's going to be, like, an insane atmosphere – yeah. But if it's like the Gasparilla Bowl against just some like other random school, like I'm wondering, and I think there will be a, a decent turn. Well, it's a PR, it's a Power Five, five tie, the, the yeah. Gasparilla Bowl. So if they're in that bowl, it'll be against Power Five teams. Yeah, so, but it, there's varying levels of Power Five teams. I feel like people would get excited about. I think any Power Five team fans will show up. You think so? I don't think they'll pack the stadium or anything crazy. No, but, but like, any Power yeah. Five team, I bet they could get like 30 20, k. Maybe, yeah, maybe decent. I, I'm rooting personally for the Gasparilla Bowl. I don't really care who it's against just because it would be the easiest for me to get to. Um, I'm kind of and... torn, and this is going to probably not make me sound great, but, like, I kind of want a vacation. So, like, I kind of want it to, like, <laughs> be somewhere. But, like, also all the options of where it would be your places I have no interest in visiting. So. I've heard know. Boston's nice. I just have. Do you think you hated when we went to, I don't know if we talked on the podcast how much you hate the state of Kentucky 
We went, yeah. we went to the Louisville game. If you listen, you remember us talking about that. We did a podcast from Louisville and Bailey, while we were there, just decided that he hates that state. Like he was in a bad mood the entire time we were there, like before the game. That's he not like, true. Yes, you were. That and is not you true. were just I like, this state time. sucks. There's nothing to do here. Yeah, there was, there was nothing to do. Well, but I still just... had fun hanging out with my friends. I don't yeah. My favorite was when was we like... went to that freaking whiskey bar and that like, which was selling like pours of whiskey that were going for like $800. And yeah. the waiter comes up and is like, ask us what we want. Our friend we went with is like, what whiskey do you have that would go good with Coke? <laughs> and that was one of the worst moments of my life. But other than that, it was a great trip. Um, no, yeah, yeah, but, it was but, fun. So you hated Kentucky. Yes. I promise you, Louisville has to be better than Shreveport, Louisiana, right? Like that, like that ha- Shreveport, Louisiana has to be like one of the worst places in the world. I don't know. I feel like I, I can't say yes or no. Cause I want to like, after we, we finish this, I'm like, look up and it's be like, one of the hidden gems of the south i don't know all right let's make a deal right now the hidden gems of the south it's the rome of of louisiana um if they end up in that stupid bowl you have to go we both have to go i don't think you can you can say that we have to make that deal i don't really have any pto time left for this year so we'll make it work you have to go like come on i have to go it's your homeland it's louisiana i also it's my homeland also i have to stop traveling to see my teams play forever did the Bucks lose in Washington? Yes, the Bucks lost oh, when I went man. to Washington. So, like twice this fall, I've seen two of my teams lose when I've traveled and made a big trip out of it. So, I don't know if it, you want me to go to the bowl game. If, if they end up in the win. Independence Bowl, I will call your boss and explain. I'll be like, he, you need to give him the time. Hold on, this is a we're going to do this. This this podcast has gone off the rails, so we're going to do this right now. When is the Independence Bowl? Do you know? I'm looking at it. Uh, it's in December. Well, okay. Thank you for that. <laughs> um, oh, it's a Saturday. Is it, oh, this! Oh, this is this is made to happen. Saturday, what date is it? Uh, December eighteenth at three thirty p.m. And it's way before Christmas, Bailey. This this is meant to happen. This is meant to happen. I don't think, we could fly okay, on of Friday. Of all of these, of all of these, the Independence Bowl feels the least likely to happen. Which is why you should now tomorrow. Is tomorrow is going to leak out. Tomorrow it's going to leak out. I'm like, oh, UCS going to the Independence Bowl. But I think you're right. It's the least likely. So just commit to it. If they're in, if they're in Shreveport, we will go to Shreveport. We'll have a great time. You want me to go to Shreveport for a game against Utah State. That is correct. No, I want you to go to Shreveport for a UCF game. <laughs> against Utah State. Yeah, it's going to be a Jordan blast. loves Jordan loves alma mater. I'm looking up Shreveport right now. The 15 best things to do in Shreveport. Uh, the first one is the Shreveport Waterworks Museum. That sounds fun. Yeah, they have, they have a what downtown. Are we, what, is this, what are we doing? Fun. What are we doing right now? We got to do this. This, this is, is definitely this. this is definitely one of our like post-podcast conversations. They have an aquarium with 3,000 species of fish. We would definitely go to the aquarium. We would go to the aquarium. Does Louisville have, have an aquarium? Because we didn't, we, if they would have had one, I would have probably had a better time. If they did, we didn't go. Um, no, we didn't. We didn't. They have something we called- lost, We just lost all some, of our parlays that Saturday. They have something called Splash Kingdom. <laughs> so I'm so. telling you, Shreveport's, Shreveport's the gem of the South. Splash Kingdom, which looks like an elementary school playground from the photo they posted but anyway we're also off the rails sorry but we're, we're gonna go to shreveport rails. we're gonna go to shreveport if they go to that bowl we're committing right now we're going all right all right we're into the football news um i did not give my verbal commitment we're yeah we'll have that bailey we're going to shreveport <laughs> it sounds like you're it sounds like you're just saying we're going to shreveport regardless of this if ucf plays there well now i do kind of want to just go you just want to go to the independence bowl, bowl? i want to go to no. splash kingdom man 
ahead. I'm going to keep derailing you. So just keep going. All right. The football news. There's not a ton of it. Um, Isaiah Bowser. This was something that I noticed on Friday and a lot of people noticed it. Obviously Isaiah Bowser didn't participate in the senior day ceremony on Friday. So that was, seems notable and potentially could hint at a return uh, in 2022. Um, Nugget two debuted at the bounce house on Friday. Christian's laughing right now. Are you I looking to, at Shreveport? Still? I went to Shreveport's. I'm not. Uh, I went to Shreveport's Wikipedia, and the second sentence of the Shreveport, Louisiana City Wikipedia page is that they have an IMAX. Oh my gosh! I thought you were going to say that the second sentence was like home to the Independence Bowl, as if like the Independence Bowl is like the biggest thing. <laughs> the in the IMAX is such a big deal that it's the most important thing you need to know about that town. Like if you're looking <laughs> up Shreveport, you need to know about the IMAX. Like it's like listen up. We have an, we're big time now. It's oh right next gosh. to the Splash Kingdom. It's great. All right. Um, Mackenzie Milton won the Brian Piccolo Award, which was given to the AACC's most courageous football player. I said, I put the AAC here on our uh, little outline. It's so. Definitely the ACC. Yeah, it's definitely the ACC, but I just Mackenzie's still at UCF in my mind. Um, Tatum Bethune was named the AAC Weekly Honor Roll after totaling 18 tackles against South Florida on Friday. And then this is a long one. Um, Pro Football Focus came out with their all AAC teams. No UCF players were named on the first team, but Cole Schneider, Tatum Bethune, and Quadric Bullard made the second team. Matt Lee, uh, Lokai Pouale. I don't know how to say it. I, I almost almost got it. First one's Lo- Lokahi, I think. Yeah. Lokai Pouale. There it is. That There it is. Uh, Devontae Brown, Corey Thornton, and Devod Wilson made the third team. And Ryan O'Keefe, Marcus Tatum, and Sam Jackson made the fourth team. Um Herb Hand was quick to point this out. The UCF was the only team in the conference to have its entire offensive line recognized um, across the the all AAC teams from PFF. Um, so that's it for the football news. We'll have plenty more, obviously, like as the week goes on. I'm sure recording is on Monday, so I'm sure a ton's going to come out on Tuesday. Maybe even the bowl will leak out eventually. Um, but we'll get to there. We'll get there when we get there. Maybe we'll have to do another emergency pod to break down the bowl opponent, especially if it's Utah State and Shreveport. Um, Did you know that Shreveport Christian. is one of the least safe cities in America? It has a D minus crime grade. So like you still want me, you still want to go? <laughs> well, we'll stay in a we'll stay in a good part. Well, do you remember when we went when we got to Louisville and we were just in the, the part of town that we probably we shouldn't have been in? We made a mistake. We had an Uber drop us off in the middle of like the worst part of Louisville. Um, yeah. Did you know that Shreveport is the educational, commercial, and cultural center of the Arc Latex region? I don't even know. Okay. I was going to say, if this happens and we're going to Shreveport to see UCF play in the Independence Bowl, I feel like we should plan our trip on the podcast. Like, we should record a podcast. Of us I, I Seriously, trip. we'll just hit record and figure it out. It was great like last time. Yeah. Four people will listen to that. But When I realized, like, right before we were leaving that I didn't buy, like, bag space on the plane and we had to figure that oh, out. Oh, that was fun. Yeah, I'm All excited right. for Shreveport, though. Did you – are you done with your news? No, three like... notable things, and then we'll talk oh, okay. about the uniform of the week. Right. Um, yep. There is some 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 big news out of volleyball. Volleyball won three nothing at Tulane on Wednesday and three two at Houston on Friday to finish the regular season twenty six and six with a nineteen and one record in the AAC. Um, they got their draw in the NCAA tournament on Sunday night. They'll play uh, this coming Friday against Pepperdine in uh, Los Angeles. I almost I said Louisiana. Pepperdine. I almost said Louisiana. I I put it's LA. I just almost put Louisiana. (laughs) Um, So that's their first round matchup on Friday night. And then they'll play the winner of UCLA and Fairfield on Saturday in the second round. If they can beat Pepperdine, Pepperdine. I thought thought it was Pepperdine. Well, uh, um, I could be wrong. I don't know. If it is, it rhymes rhymes with Katniss Everdeen. Um, This podcast is a mess. (laughs) 
Uh, I don't know what to say. I never know what to say when someone tells me a word around Katniss Everdeen. <laughs> I don't think you've ever had been in that situation before. Um, McKenna Melville and Amber Olsen announced at the selection show watch party, uh, talking to Mark Daniels, that they will return next year for their uh, fifth year, which is just UCF just won the AAC again. Uh, literally um, like clinch it now like yeah. they might not even lose a game i mean that yeah no that's that's massive massive news um yeah awesome to hear that women's basketball they went 2-0 and uh, at the cancun challenge beating idaho state 58 to 41 on friday and usc 56 to 47 on saturday um diamond battles was named the cancun challenge mvp averaging 18 and a half points per game over those two games while britney Thing, talking too fast. Brittany Smith was named the all tournament team after averaging 10 and a half per game. UCF's now five and one, and they will play this week Thursday at home against Arkansas and Sunday at Mercer. And finally, men's basketball, tough loss on Saturday, 65 to 62 against Oklahoma. They're now four and one, and they'll return to court Wednesday at Auburn before a home game on Sunday against Bethune Cookman. Christian, we're on to your uniform of the week before we get out of here. Big shocker. It was UCF football. Breaking out the black helmets Had for the me. first time this season, breaking out the new Nighthead for the first time ever. It looked so freaking good, like really freaking good. My favorite part about it is that because my one complaint with the chrome gold decals is once it gets dark, they don't really show up anymore. But the Nighthead, since the white eyes are not chrome, it's just a normal white, whatever texture that is. When the chrome goes dark, when the sun goes down, it's just these eyes lit up against the white outline of the night. And it looks so freaking cool. That, that was a great blackout. Second best blackout in UCF history, without a doubt. It was to me, it was one of those uniforms that, like, I saw it on the graphic and I saw the videos and stuff, and I was like, that looks really, really good. And then I saw it on the field and I was like, I imagined it, like, it looks better than I imagined. Yeah, 100%. 100%. It really, it really looked great. I like the new Nighthead a lot. I like just some of the merch that I saw with the new Nighthead. I saw um, uh, Terry had the, like, the polo with it on. It yeah, just, it's it out there. Good. They're selling merch now. So, I'm curious what the they'll polos do. Yeah, the, uh, I don't. I don't think they're selling the polos yet. Okay, because I saw people were like, "Terry, we need those polos now." I'm curious but, what they'll do bull wise. I'm assuming they'll do black helmets, just because that now that they have them, I'm kind of yeah, you know, back to white helmets would be rougher. I forgot. I didn't even think about that aspect of the bowl game. Now I'm even more excited. I know. Oh, we gotta one see. Last... We gotta see if they're a home team, away team. We change yeah. what we can do. So exciting one time. One last, one last uniform combo reveal for 2021. I know it's exciting. It's also kind of sad. Can't believe I know I oh, I get sad like this is gonna sound dumb but literally at the end of every year like I'm like oh, it's gonna be so many months before I see another new uniform combo like <laughs> literally every year I get that way so so football is now an eight time winner they're uh they're one behind men's soccer so depending on what they do in the bowl we could tie it up head, heading into their off season so UCF football has won sixty two percent of the time that they've played so because okay. that's how I've decided I'm figuring it out is ratio so. We'll see. Interesting. It's going it's to be tight, but we'll figure it out. Yeah. We'll be interesting. I can't, I just can't wait till someone has to open that trophy and it's like, what is this? Do you think I could get the city of Shreveport to sponsor our podcast? Like Absolutely Shreveport not. Tourism? I'm going to try. I'm going to look into it. No, you're not. I'm not even joking. I'm going to send them an email. <laughs> Don't include my name. I'm dead Don't serious. Name. <laughs> all right. Well, we're going to get out of here before we talk more about Shreveport and all the fun things there are to do there. All the aquarium, the aquarium and Splash Kingdom both sounded like fun, fun spots to hit up. But we'll uh, we'll get out of here. I want to thank you guys so much for listening. We'll be back next week with episode 49, potentially to plan our sh- trip to Shreveport. Uh, until then, you can find us on Twitter at BaileyJAdams22, at by CA Simmons, and at Night Sports Now. Thank you guys so much for being with us, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye, everybody.